With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to our first Rugby World Cup post-game podcast coming to you after Ireland eased to a convincing, free-flowing 82-8 win over Romania in Stade de Bordeaux. Tries from Jemson Gibson Park, Hugo Keenan, two each from Tyke Byrne, Bundy Aki, Johnny Sexton, Peter Mahoney and one more each for Rob Herring and Joe McCarthy helping Ireland to an easy win over the hapless Romanians to say the least join me this evening our two returnees to the podcast in David Cordial and Jack Fogley welcome on lads thanks Kel evening and a fine evening it is so lads first and foremost to start with you Jack what was your overall thoughts on this afternoon's game yeah gotta say happy enough pretty it was grand wasn't it you know it wasn't really um one or the other it was just absolutely granted what they needed to um Pretty straightforward. Don't think there were any sort of major scares and injuries. Everybody was just talking about how we just need to get through with a clean bill of health. So I think that was probably the main thing um, for me, at least anyway. And I'm, I'm sure they'll probably ring a few changes for next week. But in terms of the overall game, it was it was it was fine. I think the the only thing to say is about the start, maybe because obviously um, conceding that early that early score and then just looking a wee bit sort of shaky to begin with. Set piece was a bit dodgy but overall you gotta be you gotta be fairly happy with a an 80 point win or something like that so um can't really have too many complaints a lot of guys got got a real good hit out against the easy opposition so yeah fairly fairly uh fairly comprehensive fairly happy and uh everyone loves the length of the field try right at the end so sure chuck one of those in as well and Everyone goes home happy, so yeah, gotta be happy with that. Proper Harlem Grove Trotters in there, and oh, for Ty Burn of all people to finish it off, I actually thought he was just gonna lie down in the goal line and be like, "No, I'm not getting up after this." 
I was disappointed Ringrose didn't get it. Ringrose had set up about four or five. <laughs> um, to be fair, I had Tyburn in my fantasy team, so I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no. David, you, um, what was your thoughts on it? As we said, convincing as expected, but probably even more dominant than, than most of us imagined. Yeah, no, I thought, I mean, in the end, certainly. I think in the end is, is the crucial part. I think the the point was made um, possibly by yourself that this team hasn't really played together together in quite a while. Um, even through the warm-ups, we did a lot of chopping and changing, didn't have a consistent um, 15 or a consistent 23. So perhaps we can forgive them a little bit out the gate uh, for a little bit of inaccuracy at the start. Um, on top of that, of course, it was in the range of 35, 36 degrees, a lot hotter than most <laughs> Irish people are used to. So we'll forgive them for a little bit on that front. Uh, nervy at the beginning, for sure. Um, but I I was kind of reassured by once we started to play our set moves, our set pieces, once, once, or not our set pieces, but the, our phase play attack. Once we started to do that, I think Romania scored in the third minute and then we responded with a try in the fourth. Once we once we turned on, once we clicked in and stopped playing kick tennis, you know, it was like, okay, this team can can play. And uh, in the end, even if there might have been little moments along the way that weren't 100% convincing, you don't score 84 points uh, on anybody um, without without having, having something going on. Uh, Romania were poor. They weren't perfect. I did think they had reasonably good line speed at certain points in time. Um, that threw the cat amongst the pigeons uh, on a couple of our attempted um, link passes, but but by and large, I think I think they'll be satisfied enough with that. And I think the overriding point is we got out, we got a big win, and we didn't lose anyone to injury, so can't really complain. Yeah, and it's it's easy to to overanalyze these games because you can't come into them saying, "Oh, this is the fourth warm up game," and then saying, "Oh, Ireland are going to win the World Cup because we bet Romania by seventy odd points." But it is important as well to lay down a marker because. You look at 2015, okay, that was a fast start, but 2019, you know, there was a bit of limping going on by, you know, second game against Japan in particular, lost that one. 2011, they limped into it, 2007, of course, famously. So to to get that mint, bit of momentum is important. And you know what, <clears throat> probably what was most impressive was some of the players who really stood out were lads who there were question marks over, rightly or wrongly. And David, it'll come to you because Peter O'Mahony was giving man the match after his two-try display. We had Bundiaki was really impressive. He scored two tries as well. Johnny Sexton, Tyke Byrne, like they all contributed. They all looked really, really good. But I suppose most of the talk after the game was Bundy and Pete in particular is really putting their hands up because in some people's eyes, you know, RT Rugby podcast, they said Henshaw's still ahead of Bundy. And some people think that Peter O'Mahony could lose out in the 23 when we play South Africa um, with Byrne going to six. So for the two of them to shine is it's exactly what Andy Farrell would have wanted, isn't it? It is. It really is. And I, and I thought, you know, certainly in the case of Peter Romani, if there was ever a, a player who embodied the phrase, uh, rumors of my demise are greatly exaggerated. It was Peter Romani. People have been questioning that man for years. And every time he gets questioned, he stands up. Um, you know, there were talks of, dropping him from the squad before he before the our twenty eighteen win over the All Blacks and then he comes out and plays an inhuman performance against them. So um it was it was great to see Pete play to that level. Um I think anyone who's been paying attention to career his career, it wasn't a surprise. 
Um, he was he was fantastic, and for him to score two tries, not a man who's all about the try line. Uh, he's very much usually focused on the dirty work of of turnovers and and rocks, but to see him get two tries, finish them quite well, um, was fantastic. And then Ty Byrne, uh, Ty Byrne was his usual self as well as slotting into the the loose forward role on the wing. You know, to step back from the second row where he's played for Ireland quite a lot recently. To the back row, he seemed to slot in there very effectively. You wouldn't have any concerns about him in the sixth jersey. And as a loose forward on the wing, he was fantastic. He was running lines that any back would be happy to be running. Um, and his his hands, as ever, were fantastic. I thought on top of that, yeah, as you said, Bundiaki was superb. Robbie Henshaw probably has the benefit and misfortune of being both a fantastic 12 and a fantastic 13, which makes him a very, very good number 23. But Bundy today was just superb. And it wasn't even just any one particular thing. You know, he used to have a um, a reputation for being a crash ball runner, but the way he, obviously he scored, he scores tries well, but the way he passes the lines he runs is connecting play. He's he's a good team player as much as he's a, he's a, a guy you hand the ball to and tell him to run at a wall. He was brilliant. Um, I will say just on his long-awaited return to rugby, I thought Johnny Sexton was very good. Obviously, he scored uh, himself. Um, but you could even see in that slight mistake at the start with the the attempted um, grubber kick through on the right wing that resulted in Romania's try. But by and large, his, his capacity to slot into the Ireland setup and to elevate the, the phase play was fantastic. I was both heartened and slightly concerned uh, by comments he made after the game about the the late hit put in on him by, I think it was Jason Tamani when he scored uh, a try under the sticks where he said he got hit, but he's not afraid of getting injured. I thought that's fair enough for a man who's looking at his last, hopefully, uh, what, six uh, professional rugby get matches, but at the same time, we would like him to get all the way through all those six uh, before he becomes completely laissez-faire about injuries. And then just lastly, and um, I don't appear, appear too blue-eyed about this, but I thought on his second start and his, I think, fourth cap, I thought Joe McCarthy was excellent. Um, I was very worried that he wasn't going to score a try because I think he got across the try line twice and was held up and then was pushed into touch on the wing just before getting across. Uh, so I was glad to see him get across, but I thought he he had a great game. You know, one of the big criticisms criticisms of him uh, early in his career was that he was a, a penalty machine. He's definitely cleaned that up. Um, he seems to be an incredible defensive mall specialist. Just destroyed one of Romania's uh, attacking malls. Very impressive to see. Um, he still has, I think, there are aspects of his game you'd like to see come up. You know, his passing, his link play, um, which would have been stuff he wasn't uh, particularly known for in the past. Obviously, his size is a huge advantage. But to, to play in a team like Ireland, you have to have more than just being a big guy. So I thought he had a good game. Uh, a lot of promise, obviously, and and hopefully a lot a lot more to build on. Absolutely. No, he, he did get about his business quite well. And I suppose these are the kind of games that if you are a young 22-year-old, sizable second row, you know, Romania are going to bring a bit of grunt and a bit of, you know, dogged, slowing you down type tactics. But to be fair, he did, he did really, really well. And if it wasn't for an extremely good last-ditch tackle at one stage by the Romanian fullback, he would have got a second try, you know. So it was a very impressive performance from him. And oh, that, that was incredible. I Just because just uh, yeah. you mentioned it there, yeah. I did say he deserved those tries. In that case, I thought he deserved that try, but 
the Romanian defender deserved to prevent him. It was an incredible piece of defensive play from someone who I don't want to know how many kilos he's shipping to, to Joe McCarthy, and he still managed to just about get under him and, and stop him scoring. It was um, like the famous, was, um, was it Damian McKenzie tackling Nandolo that time? Where it's just, I'm just going to put my body in the way and hope for the best. <laughs> and yeah. boy, did he do well. And, you know, you, you think of the other standout performers, I think what has taken an awful lot of people by surprise, and granted, we're recording just after the match, so it's the the coverage and analysis isn't quite there yet as we speak. But a lot of people, myself included, would have thought, okay, Ireland will make changes in the second half and it'll slow them down. But it was quite the contrary, Jack. They they kicked on. The subs are really good. I thought, you know, like if you want a statement of intent, you look at Ronan Callagher made a couple of strong carries. Tom O'Toole, Luckman tried to get on a lot of ball. Jack Crowley was did what Jack Crowley does and Mac Hansen did what Mac Hansen does. And Van der Fleer, without the red scrum cap, looked like Jamie Heaslip. You know, you had to look twice at him just to make sure it was him. So really impressive from the substitutes to to make that impact because again, not everyone's seen that coming. Yeah, it was um no really, really, really promising. I thought um they came on and I think they all probably <laughs> dropped a ball on the first uh, on the first occasion, but it was uh you know, I think that was happening that's happening quite a lot over the first sort of few rounds of games. But yeah, really, 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 really good from from all the subs. Really, um, everyone just came on and just did just did well. Like they did exactly what they needed to, but they they stuck to their guns as well because it felt a few times maybe they were gonna you know they were gonna revert to tight or you know try and do a bit more kicking. But as the game went on, it was just clear to see that they were they were making you know they were making inroads and they were just making really really good sort of decisions under under you know not loads of pressure. But if they give passes a little bit earlier, a little bit late, then some of those chances are probably gone. So really, really positive to see sort of the front row coming on and, and getting minutes, especially Callagher. I think he looked a wee bit rusty in a few spots, but that was probably to be expected. A few lineouts maybe that didn't exactly go perfectly, but really, really good to just get a hit out against uh, against an easy kind of Romanian team. Um, like you said, the front row were, were, were really, really good couple of occasions where they just play patient and just, you know, simple sort of drawing the defenders and offloading out of contact and just creating loads and loads of space. Mac Hansen was just looked like he was just on the on the beach in Australia again, just like throwing the ball around, having an absolute whale of a time, just having the crack. So he uh you know he was excellent, came on. I wanted Crowley to get a bit more game time. I thought for a second they were gonna bring um him on for Bundy, but um Glad they uh glad they took Sexton off when when they did um but uh yeah he he came on and really um really added something and everyone just just really kicked on and it was it was great to see so so yeah um yeah Fanta Flair was was class when he came on wasn't he he just uh, he was just getting in those wide channels like Pete does but uh, maybe got a maybe got a, a yard of extra pace than um than Pete but um. No, yeah, thought the subs really, really added something when they came on, and it'll be be good for them to get a a really good, really good sort of well thirty odd minutes for for most of them anyway. So so yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, really, really impressive, and they probably kept the speed of the game up. Which, to be fair, as we said, like in that heat is it's not easy, you know. So to to do that, in particular from say Crowley, Hansen, Van der Fleer, those three in particular, just because they get on so much ball, you know, and even Conor Murray had a couple of 
really nice touches as well. But probably the last main talking point for this game is the points difference factor, isn't it? Because before Bollocks kicked between South Africa and Scotland, Ireland have they've got their tribal bonus point. They've scored twelve tries. They've got seventy four points point differential already. If it comes down to it, and even though I, I don't see it happening, even though it is likely, but I don't see it happening myself, it's important to get that because you don't know, like, when you when you look at the fixtures, for instance, in this pool, you look at the fact that, say, like Scotland, I think they have Romania second to last, if I'm right. Yeah, they do. They have them in the 30th of September. They could be in a situation, Scotland, where they have to hammer Romania and then they have to play Ireland and hopefully beat Ireland. So that does add a, a little bit of pressure. And like we've seen it before in, in Heineken Cup particular, maybe not in World Cup, but these things do make a difference, you know. And I suppose now that Ireland have done that, there's also the safety net going into next week because Ireland play Tonga and Nantes, but we're not going to be chasing a huge score. Bonus point is kind of second nature to Ireland at this stage. They score a lot of tries, but probably not going to be chasing it. So... But just to wrap things up, lads, looking ahead to next week really quickly, we expect there to be a lot of changes. It's hard to see Sexton starting again. And if he does, you'll probably see Ross Byrne coming into the 23, then, you know, to get a good 30, 40 minutes. And I'll I'll start with yourself there, David. Like, what changes would you like to see going into next week? Because the inclination from the England game, from as far back as that time, or Ireland's spell Portugal was they go strong against Romania and mix it up against Tonga so what would you like to see for that game? Um, yeah so I I initially I was of the opinion that like we would mix it up against Romania and then go strong against Tonga just based on the, the relative strengths of the teams now that we've gone strong against Romania and having seen how the team played um, my instinct is to keep the team relatively strong, at least the starting 15. Um, any changes I would make, I would say I would probably bring Mac Hansen in for Keith Earls. Um, ideally, if he's fit, and I really hope he's fit, I would bring in Dan Sheehan to start at um, at Hooker. And um, yeah, I'd probably start our, whatever we decide our starting back row is. For me right now, I think it's Peter Romani, Josh Van der Feer and Kellen Doris. I think I'd start that too. I think we can be a, a bit more, uh, a bit looser with our bench, but I think this, what we really need to do is to start building momentum as not just as a, as a squad of 33, but as a, as a starting team of 15, um, you know, it didn't hurt us that much today because there was a limited amount of damage that Romania were ever going to do, but they did still get eight points on us before we we copped on and, and and got back on top of things. So, you know, if that's against the South Africa, if that's against, um, God forbid, I know they're not what they were, but if you do that against New Zealand, they're going to cut you open. Um, they might give you a chance to get back into the game later, but they they do still have those those X Factor players who'll eat that up. Um, so I think we'll go relatively strong against Tonga. Certainly, the starting fifteen. Um, I would imagine our starting 15 will be as close to full strength as possible. I'd say probably, pro- well, I'd say there's a decent chance that that Johnny starts, although I would start Ross Byrne and have Johnny on the bench. Um, I would also say that, that as much as I might have said to the country in the past, um, 
I, th- I think Jack Crowley is is right up there with with second to to Ross now. So, um, a ten for me is really the only the only the question subject when it comes to that game. I think the f- the first fifteen against Tonga will be as close to Ireland's starting team um, as injuries allow, um, and then any variation will be on the bench. Interesting. What way would you go, Jack? Because like I mentioned during the game that you looked at the the substitutes who came off for Ireland or the players who were replaced for Ireland, which was Porter, Herring, Furlong, Ryan, Doris, uh, Gibson, Barrack, Sexton and Earls. That could well be our bench next week. But as David said, you could go strong mm. again because that's when Ireland are at their best. Is it? We'll know more during the week, but like you have factor in, hopefully get Conan and Kilcoyne back. Like there, there's certainly decisions to be made, but from an individual standpoint, Firstly, who would you like to see in there? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, because um, we knew before uh, Faz really likes to just go full full metal jacket, really, with with his uh, with his team selection when he has to, sort of in the autumn or in the in any sort of summer series. He pretty he goes pretty strong unless it's um, unless he's really needing to to sort of um, get get minutes into the legs of some fellas, but. I mean, I agree with David though. I think he's gonna go he's gonna go pretty full full strength fifteen and maybe a little sprinkle of something on the on the bench. But for me personally, I'd 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 kind of I'd swap things around. So I think like what David was saying as well, probably change the hooker. Probably won't change Porter or Furlong against Tonga because we saw how how good Samoa were against us in the scrum. So just maybe Joe McCarthy gets another run out, but I think maybe Henderson goes in and gets gets a start. Um, because he looked he looked great. Not maybe in his in his little cameo today. He was he was still good, but he was he was great when he played against um against England. So yeah, maybe you know I think Casey deserves to get a get a some game time. So maybe Connor or or Jameson sort of um steps out, but um. Yeah, like not a not a huge amount of changes. I'd love to see um Robbie just get some game time. Um, because um obviously Henshaw's been out for, for quite a wee while and he's just not been able to get a string of games. So hope his injury is not too too bad. Um but yeah, I'm inclined to I'm inclined to kind of go pretty pretty big again for uh for Tonga because I think they've got some some pretty dangerous weapons there too. So um yeah. I'd obviously I'd like to plug the old Ulster boys as well. So maybe uh, maybe Stu gets a go at twelve, but uh um you know he'll be he'll be able to take care of himself hopefully against the uh the Tongans like but um there might be might be a few sore bodies to say the least after uh after this next week's game. So we'll wait and see. No and I actually think it's it's funny you mentioned it because I'd forgotten about the potential swap back of McCluskey, I'd actually say during the week I can see McCluskey and Henshaw getting the nod. Yeah, exactly. Against Tonga, and like you look at what Bundy did today with his, like Bundy is physical, we know that, but like he brought a bit of everything, and now the yeah. onus is on McCluskey and Henshaw to say, well, you know, remember we are are good with a tactical kicking game. You know, we're well able to offload, we're well able to make line breaks as well. You know, the onus is on them now to have a big week and. I can definitely see both of them getting a run. We don't know what the story is with Robbie Henshaw. He cried off with a with a knock before the game as a precaution. But definitely, you know, scope there. Maybe someone like Jimmy O'Brien getting another go at full back. 
and you know that I think that's nearly it. You know, you mentioned maybe a change at second row. Back row is kind of down to whether or not Conan is back. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, if Conan's back, I think he has to get it at least a half an hour of game time under his belt because he'd have only played a half an hour since the Champions Cup final otherwise. So certainly scope for changes. And listen, as we record, we don't have that information to hand, but we'll be interested to see how it unfolds. And when we do have that information after Ireland named their team on Thursday, so on Thursday night, we will have a preview podcast to that Ireland versus Tonga clash in Nantes. That is at Saturday at eight o'clock Irish time on RT2 or on ITV1 for our UK listeners. And that's about all we have time for for this evening anyways. I'll be back on Monday night with our, what will soon to be, our weekly World Cup round review podcast as we talk about the other seven games that take place, including what was a thriller between France and New Zealand last night and what promises to be an epic between South Africa and Scotland tomorrow. So thanks to Jack and to David for joining me today and thanks to everyone for listening. If you do like what you see or hear, please do subscribe. And as always, you can find the links to my channels, to the last Twitter pages and all that down below. But for now, until next time, take it easy. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.